Hi, this is Jeff Steele. Today we'll be reading from Acts 2, 42 through 47. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Yesterday, we read about Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit inaugurated this new community. Now, in today's text, we get a glimpse of how the church began to function together. There is a subtitle in my Bible, which, of course, is not part of the original text of Scripture, but the editors of the Bible version added it to help bring clarification. But I think it's worth noting here. The subtitle says, The Believers Form a Community. The response of the people to the message that Peter had just delivered to them earlier in this chapter was to make some personal changes. The text says they personally repented of their sins and they were baptized as a response to the message. But that's not all they did. Here we see they didn't just respond as lone individuals and then go about their day, but a whole new community took shape around some key things. As we consider our own faith communities and families, It's worth considering what that early church community considered to be essential ingredients in their faith experience. I kind of wonder if anyone told them to do these things, or if these were just natural and spontaneous responses to all they had seen and heard. Like, I wonder how much the apostles said, now be sure to include these things, or If when the people came face to face with their sin and with their understanding of who God is and what the Spirit was up to in their midst, if these things were just the natural result. Now, in any case, verse 42 tells us that the community was devoted to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, to the sharing of meals in the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Now, Most church traditions today focus on some of these details, and we find that different church or denominational traditions might have a different emphasis on different aspects of it. For example, we see that some church communities focus strongly on teaching and maybe less strongly on prayer. Or some may focus strongly on the Lord's Supper, but then less strongly on fellowship or other meals. If you think about the way that your faith family does church, you may see different elements of each emphasis. But rather than start from a place of saying, well, here are all the reasons why our church tradition does these things correctly, let's instead think about what a church community experience must have looked like 2,000 years ago. What would it mean for a faith community to be centered around the apostles' teaching? What would it look like for a community to be devoted to fellowship and the Lord's Supper? What does it mean for a church community 
to be devoted to prayer. Just as I'm reflecting on those things, there's a few questions that pop up for me. I, it makes me ask, how devoted am I to the teaching of Scripture? I mean, am I eagerly reading and spending time thinking about the Scriptures? Or do I kind of read my verse in the morning, check it off my list, and then move on to the morning news? I imagine that when the Bible says they were devoted, it would have included a group of people who were as focused on what the teacher had to say as I am on the latest news headlines or sports scores. How intentional am I with fellowship? Do I make time to be available to others, to be a part of each other's life, or am I mostly giving the time that I have left over? When I approach communion with my church family, do I approach it with expectation or with an I-could-take-it-or-leave-it kind of attitude? And what about a community that's organized around prayer? Man, how central is prayer to my everyday life? In so much of my early years of my church experience, growing up in church, all the church meetings and church activities that I've attended in my life, I've kind of come to expect prayer to be something that begins and ends meetings. When Luke tells us that the community was devoted to prayer, I have a hard time believing that that meant just that somebody said a quick prayer at the end of each of their business meetings to ask God to bless everything they intended to do. I imagine, instead, a community of people continually seeking God and asking the Spirit to lead them into what He wants to do. There are some other things that mark this church community. And reading on in verses 44 and 45, it says that they met together and shared everything they had, even to the point of selling things they had in order to provide for each other. (laughs) Now, it's getting real. Right? I think about this level of commitment to one another, and, and it, it seems like that's a family level of commitment, isn't it? I mean, there are probably things that you would sell and people that you would sell them in order to provide for, wouldn't you? That's, that's like family kind of stuff. A number of years ago, my family, we needed a new furnace with winter coming. And so I sold one of my guitars in order to help provide it. Now, understand, I'm not one of those music guys who has a lot of guitars. I I only have the basics covered. I don't collect them. This was also the first quality guitar I had bought after college, so it was something that I definitely had an attachment to. And as much as I hated to sell it, we really needed the money to pay for the furnace. So would I sell a guitar to help uh, provide for my own family if they were in need of something? Sure, absolutely. But what if somebody else needed a furnace? What if somebody outside my family, maybe from my church, had a need? Would my own stuff be considered as expendable then? What if you called me and said, hey, I listened to your audio devotional and I need a furnace. Do you have any more guitars you could sell? Well, that's much harder, isn't it? And by the way, no, I don't. (laughs) But that's the picture of the church that we see here. 
the level of devotion to each other that the church community displayed in Acts 2 could only be called radical. These are the actions of people who are wholeheartedly devoted to each other and devoted to their faith community. Now, it's just a few short verses, but that's a lot, isn't it? I mean, that's a lot. The last thing that I want to do is to make another checklist out of this text so that I can say, well, I'm good at doing fellowship, but I'm weak and devoted to teaching. I need to step up that game a little bit. You know, that's, that's not the point. The church of 2,000 years ago began doing these things because of what the Spirit had done in their life. The people were so convicted of their sin and their need for God that after they repented and they were baptized, they moved towards these things as a response. So the question that I'd like us to think about today is, is this. Does my life show that I am devoted to God? Let's not get hung up on saying, well, my church isn't doing some of those things right, or, or Christians today are just not committed enough, or anything else that lets us comfortably point the attention outside of ourselves. Instead, let's just take a little bit of personal reflection time and ask, because of what Jesus has done in my life, what am I moving toward? Am I moving toward him through his word and through prayer? Am I moving toward community through fellowship? The believers worshipped together. They met together and shared their meals together. And all the while, the Bible says, the Lord added to their number daily. I do want to close in prayer together. Let's not approach this time of prayer as to check it off our list or just because that's the script that we have to follow for these devotional times. But let's pray intentionally because we want to ask God to move in our lives and to draw us closer to him. And so God, that's my prayer today, that you would move in our lives in such a way that we couldn't help but respond by moving towards you and towards what you are doing. Whether we have had a lifetime of experiences with you already or, or these are our first experiences with you, God, I pray that we would experience it fresh again and that through your spirit, you would move us towards you and towards one another. We give you all of these things and pray in your name. Amen.